You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, guys, what's going on? Welcome to the Devil's Podcast. I am Adam McCullough. He is Joe Smith. We were supposed to have Mr. Stephen Allison with us, but he is being his typical diva self. And what we want <laughs> you guys to do is at Mr. Stephen Allison, at Stretford Paddock, without the O, I think it is, on, mm-hmm. on Twitter. The second um, what, what should we get them to tweet, Steve, with abuse? Like what, bring back Steve. Hashtag no, bring back Steve. That's too, that's too nice. That's too that nice. makes him feel appreciated. We need to make him feel like he's let everybody down. Feel some shame. Yeah. No shame. Shame on you. Shame, shame on, on you. Yeah, shame on you. Just tweet <laughs> Steve the three words. Shame on you. At Mr. Stephen Allison. At Stretford Paddock. And it's a guarantee one of you will be involved in an argument uh, with Stephen Allison over the weekend. Because he'll take he it the it. wrong way. And it will unfurl tragically. But get involved. Um and get that engagement going. But we're here to have a little chat. Uh, we've got Harry Maguire to talk about, Bruno Fernandes to talk about, the Newcastle game to talk about, Golden Boy to talk about. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that a film back in the day with Eddie Murphy? Golden Child. Was it? Was. Golden, Golden Child, Child. maybe. Was Eddie it, Murphy but... in that? Or have I, am I, am I, confused I don't think I've seen it. never seen Golden Child. Well, you the don't bold... know that much about it to say you've seen it. Oh, no, I do, because it was a little bold kid, and I remember my brother shaved his head and used to call him the golden child yeah eddie murphy was in it and this was the kid in it golden child <laughs> it definitely <laughs> looks like it's a child you don't remember this film that. no no honestly i don't know if i've only seen about three eddie murphy films which one which was that it can't be not yeah, was... one and two why why <laughs> can't it why can't it not be two at least two of them Okay, but have you seen his stand-ups then? I've seen Doctor Doolittle. No. What? No. I've seen it. Yeah, I've Not seen his stand-up. Doctor. I've seen his stand-up. What, 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 it what do you think? Uh, yeah, really. Any, uh, delirious and raw. Delirious. Delirious is the one. Is the main one I've seen. Some of it hasn't aged great. great. <laughs> uh, some of it's <laughs> a bit aggressive these days. 
Yeah, nowadays you get you get cancelled for a lot of it. But anyway, let's move on yeah. from that. Um, Harry Maguire, um, mm-hmm. he may as well have been cancelled this week. The way the internet's been reacting to to Maguire. First up, let's talk about it from a footballing perspective because mm. we have to put everything into a footballing context because that's what we're here to talk about. Do you know what I mean? Um, what what is going on with Aaron Maguire right now? It just he looks mentally just looks shaken. I know we'll move on to that a bit more, but physically on the pitch, what is going on is he's making mistakes more than he did. Um, and I know people would give him stick last season and say he wasn't worth the money and all that. And most of the, most of the criticism seems to be centered around this eighty million pound price tag that he's that he's got or that he had last season. But what is happening on the pitch is. He's making a lot of mistakes this season, and and pretty much since lockdown, we we came back from lockdown. He hasn't looked himself, I don't think, and it's compounded that this season with um, the trouble he had in Mykonos, with what seems to be a sort of a general swell of disapproval or, or dislike towards him on on social media and online. And we know that he's someone um, that sort of sees those things online, maybe more than some, or that he, you know, is aware of of the opinions about him, uh, which obviously doesn't help when they're negative opinions. Uh, I think he got a lot of unfair stick last season after improving the squad by, like we've said over and over again, 30 goals on the season before that. And I think a lot of that comes down to him. Wan-Bissaka as well can get some of the credit for that. But I think in terms of being the captain and coming in and changing the way that the squad is, you know, it, it approaches games and the way that the defence sort of stops goals going in, you've got to give him credit for that. Um, but he didn't always get the And then I went on to that, what I see as sort of semi-unfair uh, treatment of him anyway. You run to the fact that now he is be- he is performing very badly um, for England and for Manchester United. It's it's just become a sort of a crescendo of of dis- disapproval towards him, isn't it? Because mm. I think it's people that are just saying he needs to be dropped. I think mm. it's it almost looks like I feel like Southgate and Solskjaer more Solskjaer because he's not an international duty anymore have to take the responsibility because, look, Harry Maguire's been available for every Premier League game. Look, for half of the season last year, I remember most people saying he was a nominee for for, for Player of the Year. Mm. And then I think after lockdown, I think he took a massive dip in form. Um, I think, obviously, the Greek situation hasn't helped. Whoever's fault you want to, you know, put wherever you want to put the blame on that, we know it hasn't helped. At a time mm-hmm. when he should have been taking his mind off the game, relaxing, recuperating, mentally he would have been all over the shop. Do you know what I mean? Like, and then to come back, no preseason, straight back into the team, a team that is performing badly, and he is mm-hmm. contributing to that. So it's not like he's not to blame, but he's contributing to that. And then to go to England when you're away from everything, and you think maybe I can go away and get a little break, and then it happens yeah. again. And I think seeing him trudge off that pitch yesterday. I I believe he should be held accountable for poor performances. But I also, I'm a bit soft in that. I see the mm. human side in everybody and kind of just looking at him walk off like that. Like, I just felt like someone needs to go give him a hug, firstly. But secondly, like, I think he just needs to be... Te- like, give him two weeks with, with his family or something. Mm. Obviously, don't send him to Greece or anything like that. But give him two weeks away from everything, out of the spotlight. And then say, come back and fight for your spot. Do you mm. know what I mean? Because I think as well, with the armband, he's kind of given a spot at the moment that he maybe hasn't earned. But then again, every mm. other defender has been poor. So it's not just him. Um, 
But I think maybe at the moment, because he's got the armband, 80 million, Ali feels pressured into playing him every week. Just take him out the firing line. Hmm. I think playing him against Newcastle, I don't see what benefit comes of it. Because I don't see him just switching it on like that at the moment. It's hard to know, isn't it? And some players benefit from playing them through the bad times. People like Wayne Rooney, I always thought, was someone who you you get the best out of him or the best way to bring him out of a, a difficult time is to play him and let him prove the haters wrong or prove the, the press wrong or prove whoever wrong. Um, we've seen that multiple times with Wayne Rooney. Other players, they need, like you said, give him a break, take him out the firing line, let him, let him take a minute, you know, a back step, a back seat a little bit for, for a while and, and sort of recuperate and recover. The, the problem is with with a, with mental health problems, and we are, I'll admit, assigning problems to him that we have no real evidence exists. Yeah, I was going to say it's a bit. In terms of, I wouldn't. I mean. It is a bit dangerous, but uh, let's not call it mental health problems, and let's call it the pressure, stress that pressure. he has undoubtedly been put under. Yeah, yeah with, yeah, with with his situation at United coming straight in as captain, with this whole Mykonos thing, which either he's. The story that the, the Greek the Greek police told is is either he's lying about it, which is a stress unto itself, where you've got to put this public twist on things that isn't true, or the story that he told, which was basically halfway towards some sort of taken Liam Neeson type tale, where his sister's being drugged and all this sort of thing, and he's being tricked by cab drivers and police officers and all this sort of thing, some sort of horrible. You know, like I said, movie movie style story. Either one of those stories, whichever one's true, it's it's a very stressful and difficult thing to do. And then come straight back in, like I said, he's the captain. He plays every week, no matter what. And one of the good things about Maguire last season, and I think it's massively underrated uh, in terms of a, a, the a trait of a player or a quality of a player, is his availability. So now, if if he's available for games, we know that he is. You know, Solskjaer wants to play him every game. If he then doesn't play. Part of you thinks, well, it, there'll be stories written. Is this the beginning of the end for Maguire at, at United? We've, we'll move on to Bruno in a little bit about how stories can be manufactured and how you know a bust up or a, a little back and forth, a little spat with someone can be blown into this irreparable damage has been caused to the relationship between X and Y. And you never know quite what's going on. Even if Solskjaer put his arm around Maguire and said, right, you're the team captain. You're going through a difficult time off the pitch. It's, you know, we can see that. We're going to give you a couple of weeks off. Even if that was what happened, you still know that half the newspapers would run with Solskjaer loses faith in Maguire. Solskjaer drops Maguire. Uh, will Maguire uh, move back to Sheffield United to last? Whatever. You're going to see all that shit. So it, you've got to know that any any decision at this point comes with its own pressure. Um, but I suppose it's about knowing the player, isn't it? And you'd hope that Ole, this is the sort of time where you get tested as a manager because not just is it, Maguire, whose metal is being tested and who whose whose bottle is being tested a little bit with how he d- deals with the situation, but it is up to Solskjaer. It is up to Southgate, who we know Southgate tends to take the sort of the I won't say easy way out, but he takes the standard conservative line of well, Greenwood and Foden had players there last week, so, had, had girls around last week, so we'll drop them and they can have the next week off. Like he's very by the book, but take everything seriously. Mm-hmm. Now's a good time for Solskjaer to prove his actual, you know, as a manager. Here's how you manage someone. This is human management here. So he's, he's got a, a test ahead of him of how he deals with the situation because it is undoubtedly a situation at this point. I remember um, it was different circumstances again because in these circumstances, you could put some personal responsibility onto Maguire, but you mm. still have to look at 
the human being, you know what I mean? You still have to yeah. look at what's best for him. But I remember when Ronaldo's father died and like we were in the middle of a season and Fergie was just like, bro, go, just go. Just mm. spend as much time as you need to because he understood the importance of with the players of no benefit to me if he's not mentally there or he's not, he's not, he's not, his heart's not all in it. And that's how Maguire looks. I made that comment last week about Maguire. And you know, when Martial got sent off and Maguire just kind of like, oh, well, they've checked it. It's fine. It's, Mm. you kind of saw like just a dropping in his shoulders. He wasn't Mm. himself because normally Maguire's in a referee's face. He's in like, you know, he's, he wants the decision. And he seemed mm. to just be more concerned maybe about his own performance, which is fine. But as a captain, sometimes you need a little bit mm. more. Do you know what I mean? Like, again, he's the greatest captain we've ever had. I know the, the, the older is going to kill me and say Robbo and that. But like Kino in Turin, he didn't mm. feel sorry for himself. He, he, he got out there and he performed for the yeah. team. And I think at the moment you're seeing a captain that is you can tell it's it's playing on his mind. And he's not going to go to the manager and say, boss, I need some time out. Because he's probably thinking, I cost £80 million. Pounds. They've mm. given me the armband. If I now go to this, do I lose all of that? Like, mm. So he's in a difficult position as well where maybe he needs a break. We can't ask for a break. So it's a bit of a weird one. But I think personally, from his perspective and from a purely footballing perspective, we need to take him out of the firing line against Newcastle. Mm. Maybe even against PSG as well. What what yeah. what's going to happen if he plays against Newcastle? Plays against yeah. we, we we get a victory, we get through, we scrape through, or whatever. Mm-hmm. We play against PSG and he gets ripped to bits by Mbappe. Yeah. And if, if Mbappe flies past him and he has one, you know, and, and one thing about Maguire is we all know he's slow. He knows he's slow. We all know that. <laughs> it, it is un, it is unusual to see him completely destroyed for pace because he puts himself in good positions, which is why he's a good defender. Like the Bergwijn one against the Tottenham Bergwijn one, where he just flew past him last season, the first game back after lockdown, was one example I can think of. But generally speaking, he doesn't just get completely ripped for pace very often, does he? Where someone knocks it past him and flies past him because he is a good defender. But if you did see, if you saw Mbappe fly past him, or do you know, remember the goal that Mbappe scored at Old Trafford uh, um, uh, last season or the season before mm. last? Uh, where hey, he he's got the recipe for disaster, do you know what I mean? Yeah, if, if it's one of them where Maguire's in position and Mbappe flies past him and taps the ball in the back of the net, you've got another level of, you know, come outside, all these kind of memes and shit. And it's just but it's just even like, again, it's getting worse. It's not, we're not allowing mm. the situation to heal itself or mm. fix itself because it's going to get worse. And I think, look, Lindelof and Bay have had their issues, but they kept a clean sheet against Brighton. But mm. I don't think we've, it's not like our defence has been amazing with Maguire, in it? So let's no. do him a favor and just take him out. Now there is a part yeah. to this. There's a there's an angle to this, which again you cannot blame Maguire for, and that's where some of my frustrations coming from to some of the fans that are using it. There's an angle to this where people are saying the media hypocrisy. So mm. yesterday we heard Gary Neville, Jamie Redknapp coming out and saying, "Ah, oh, Harry Maguire, he needs support." Yeah. Do you think there's hypocrisy in their punditry? I do think there's hypocrisy in it. And I think pointing that hip- hypocrisy out is is somewhat fair. Um, and not to try and steal your thunder here, because I've, I've seen some of your opinions on this. But, f- for example, the Paul Pogba comparison is the one we're seeing a lot, um, where we're saying... And Sterling. Oh, and Sterling, yeah. You see a lot of people saying, 
when Sterling's having a tough time, when Pogba's having a tough time, they're called lazy, they're called uh, selfish, they're called uninterested. When Maguire's having a good time, it's called uh, mental health, it's called stress, it's called you know people get being sympathetic towards him. Um, and and again, it, it, I see why those comparisons are being made, and I see the underlying messages that are being sort of hinted at, and and often with with good reason uh, in those comparisons. But you know, as you've said here, I'm I'm sort of quoting you almost. I don't think you should. The 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 aspiration here should be to hold all people to the highest standard, not to try to drag mm. down the goodwill that's being offered towards Maguire. To well, you should call him shit as well. You should call him lazy as well, like you did with Pogba. Because when you call it Pogba, that it's unfair, it's not right, and it's you know arguably sometimes with racist undertones or something like that. But what you should want to do is Pogba. You should want Pogba and Sterling to be treated with more respect, not Maguire with less respect. Like we should be aiming for the higher standard here, not let's drag Pop Maguire down like we dragged Sterling and Pogba down. Let's elevate the, the way we treat. Or all doing the media's Pogba. job for them. All yeah, them. exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit mad, and I think some people can't see that you can think. You can like people's like. How they understand things is crazy at the moment. Like, because of this world where you either need to be fucking Oli in or Oli out, Wenger in or Wenger out. And, okay, you can say what we do maybe adds to some of that, like debating things every day and all that. But we always try and be fair. And I think people's people can't understand that you're – that the comprehension you – can, you can easily think Harry Maguire needs to be dropped. Harry Maguire gets better treatment off the media. Mm. You can think Pogba and Sterling and all these guys are unfairly treated by the media and some of it is racial um, and they deserve to be treated better. Mm. You can think all of those things at the same time. Like yeah. People seem to think you can only think one of those things or you, can, you, like, you can't think... Like, the people that come out and saying Pogba and Sterling are unfairly treated are doing mm. the same thing to Maguire. So it's just yeah. a circle of like this daftness, like n- yeah. nothing gets resolved. And I feel like, yeah, uh, it's not Maguire's fault as well. Like no. Maguire doesn't write these articles about progress. <laughs> it's no. like, he doesn't. So I think people should use these as examples that when Pogba and Sterling and others are unfairly treated, mm-hmm. show them these articles, yeah. show them them clips of Raheem, uh, of, of, of them talking about Maguire. Because then that's when you're making your point. Like I know for a fact, Pogba, if he goes to Mykonos, has a scrap, gets put in court, comes back, continues to have a mare. We know the angles on that story are very different. It's yes. thuggery and it's violence and it's this, that and the other. It's not... Yeah. Uh, maybe he didn't do anything. Do you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> like, no. It's different. Do you know what I mean? And, and, like, and what people would do as well is they would call, they would call up examples of his character... Uh, that really I have nothing to do with anything, you know, any, let's say it was the exact same situation with Pogba. People would say, oh, we've seen before he does this. They would they would find any excuse to to make out like, this is probably true, he probably did beat someone up, even though he's not like that. Or, you know, people, like I said, it's, it would be thuggery and football gone mad and here's how much his wages are, here's how much all this is, everything gets brought up, all that sort of stuff that you, that you would see. Um I think one thing, one one slight difference, obviously, is uh, the, the criticism that Pogba got for saying that he he, he won't mind going to Real Madrid. I think some of that was 
was was valid and obviously that was the most recent criticism that Paul Pogba has, has received I think in terms of an off the field thing anyway uh, but generally speaking we all know that Paul Pogba down the years has just been a, a, you know a, a dartboard pretty much for anyone who wants to slag off anything he costs a lot of money He's, he seems to be happy he seems to enjoy his life which is something that you're not allowed to do unless you're you know winning the Ballon d'Or he danced at a wedding he danced once oh my god he, and, he, and he played basketball he, he, he threw a basketball right. do you know how, do you know when you throw a basketball and it puts <laughs> loads of pressure on your ankle somehow yeah, yeah he wasn't allowed to do that because he wasn't quite fit but he could throw a ball yeah, and, um, I just think yeah, it, it, it does it's, get ridiculous. We've seen it. It does get ridiculous. <clears throat> but that's but no I think reason. Fans to... need to identify it, point yeah. it out, but not get involved in like why are you yeah. why are you making it worse for for someone else? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You, you shouldn't be wanting to drag Pogba down to those bad low standards. You should be wanting to elevate the treatment of of all players to a, a level where you look at maybe the bit more of the human side or a bit more. Someone might be struggling because I also see it in, and this again, it doesn't come down to race, it maybe comes down to, to xenophobia rather, or the media's willingness to, to rush and protect anything that's associated to England. Um, mm. but you see that you see it in the, the way they talk about the hair in Pickford. Um, oh, yeah, and and David the hair has got a lot more credit in the back than Jordan Pickford, do you know what I mean? And every time Pickford makes a mistake, it's well, keepers make mistakes, you know. Yeah, he's still England's yeah. number one. Yeah, it's like, well, he hasn't done it in an England shirt, but when it's the hair, it's the end of the mm. world. You know what I mean? You, yeah. do, you do see it with many different players, um, unfortunately. But I think us as fans, we need to not then say, well, you like aren't being knobs to Maguire now, so we'll do it for you. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. now it's fair, because everyone's getting treated like, like mm. an idiot. Oh, so, shit. Yeah. It's, it's just annoying. Anyway, moving on from yes. that um, to what we were going to talk about next. Bruno Fernandes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, apart from Maguire, actually, it's not been a bad um, international break for us. Donny van der Beek mm-hmm. scored his first Dutch goal. Uh, Pogba with a sublime ball involved in it, um, the winner for France. Martial played in that game. By all accounts, he did all right in that match as well. Uh, we saw Victor Lindelof play against Portugal. Sweden lost. But Portugal won 2 0 with Bruno involved in that. Um, Bruno's quotes after the game. So Rashford played for England. Yeah. A penalty in the win over Belgium as well, which was good. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. I was thinking about yesterday's fixtures, but you are right. We also saw um, Bay play 90 minutes for Ivory Coast against Japan. They lost 1 0, but that was after we all thought he'd done his, he'd done his hammy. I know yeah. what he He just did it on purpose. To make us a bit of cramp. Yeah, a bit of cramp. Yeah. Um, cramp. But yeah, these, so, these, these Fernandez quotes. Yeah, go on. You got them. Well, there's been stories coming out ever since the uh, the Tottenham game of a bust up at half time between Ole and Fernandez or Fernandez and Maguire or, you know, different things depending on who you say on, on where you want to hear it from. Then, the, then there's this whole t- Twitter thing now where. Journalists, instead of writing an article on something, instead of putting their sort of neck on the line in in terms of here's 600 words on on something and here's a detailed explanation of it, you'll see you see bullet points written by one journalist and then another journalist quote tweeting those bullet points saying yeah that happened and that's it. So there's no nuance, there's no context, there's no uh, well it, it was like this but it was it was much briefer than this. It was a, a short thing. It was this thing. It's 
Fernandez loses respect for Solskjaer, and then some Norwegian guy goes, "Yeah, he did." What's that? What journalism? <laughs> You just agreeing with a bullet point. That's just provides so little context. The allows... Portuguese one as well is it Gonzalo Lopez? Who you just said? Yeah, that? yeah, that yeah. Could... true, true. Tick thumbs up on it. You're like that's not journalism. That's just you're just saying yes to what someone else said. I just I, and 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 it, you know Bruno Fernandez. So for those of you who don't know, there was reports again, like we said, of Bruno Fernandez and Maguire falling out at, at halftime of the Tottenham match, which is why we didn't see Bruno Fernandez much in the second half. Then there was report, another report that came out that said Fernandez has lost all respect for Solskjaer. That's it. He, he don't like him anymore. He thinks he's shit. He's not right man to take uh, United to the next level. Um, Bruno Fernandez has since come out and said. Uh, first, they made up an argument uh, with only one teammate, uh, Lindelof, which I assume was the one uh, on the pitch that we saw against Sevilla, I believe. Um, he said, didn't happen. So now it's with Solskjaer. They're trying to destabilise the group. Don't use my name to make up a story, which is about as emphatic as a, a, a rebuttal as you're ever likely to see. He basically um, said, keep, you fucking, keep my fucking yeah, name. Off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which I really like for two reasons. One, first of all, it, 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 it sort of allows me to believe, which I want to believe, that this story isn't true. Um, and the the second thing is, even if it is true, the fact that he's willing to come out like that and so staunchly deny it and so sort of across the board, this didn't happen, stop speaking about me. To, to, to I believe there's people. some truth in it. I believe there probably I is believe some truth it's, in it too. But I, I don't believe it's to the extent that he hates Solskjaer. I just fell out with him. He no. doesn't like him. I believe he was upset with the way we played against Spurs. I believe yeah. he felt some frustration. I believe he feels some sort of frustration in that he seems to be doing his job in attack and our defence falls apart and everything goes wrong. And you can see he's one of those guys that's just, oh, fuck. Yeah. And he just gets really angry, probably tells everyone he fucking hates them during the game. And, you know, you've seen his, his head-to-head with Lindelof. They both pe- speak Portuguese as well. So it was like, yeah. boom, they were both going at it proper. And I think, I like it. Yeah, I think we need I that in the it. dressing room. I, I want someone maintaining standards in the dressing room. Mm. Like, okay, if it goes over line and you, you start falling out with your teammates, you don't want to see that. But I don't mind that. We need some... We There were quotes that he was he was saying, we're Man United. What is going on? Like, how is this happening mm. at halftime against Spurs? And because yeah. he'd lost his head so much, he couldn't go back out. Well, first off, that reminds me on the kickoff. I like nearly went at halftime. Like, <laughs> I was gone. I was telling the yeah. players to walk off the pitch and everything. And it was like, <laughs> my, my head went, like my head went and I, I can see how, like, I don't mind him. I think, no. I think part of those reports are true, but they've been yeah. pushed even further. And I don't even think stories like that need to be written because that happens no. up and down the country, every That's, football team. Yeah. And if it's not, be worried. That's exactly if what I was going to say. If you're getting hammered and that's not happening, yeah, you, you've got a big problem. Yeah, what do you want everyone to just sit there silently smiling, eating a sandwich at half time, or tucking into an orange slice? You want them screaming at each other? What sandwich did you have at half time, Half time, cheese plamens, mate. Um, but the thing again, anyone who's ever played football at any level, from Sunday League to Premier League will tell you the amount of stick and abuse that your teammates give you is twice as bad as anything you get from an opposition. The What the fuck? Who said you could play football? You No point getting out of bed today, mate. You fucking shit. All that stuff. Like, that's what just common. Sure. What did he say? What are you thinking? <laughs> yeah. It's just common. It's common. Like, Luke, no. No. 
Leave. Yeah, exactly. We live in a situation where people on Twitter love to put, love to put quotes from Roy Keane, from Michael Jordan, from, from all these people who are notoriously hard taskmasters who hold their uh, teammates to an incredibly high standard. This is what we need more of. We need players who, who know the United way, who know the truth. Look at Michael Jordan. Yes, he was a bully. Yes, he was an arsehole, but he got the best Maybe out of his teammates. He play, uh, in the nineties, I think we won. We won six titles in seven years. Um, but you see this this adoration of of these sportsmen who are notoriously difficult to get along with, who are notoriously hold their players to a high standard, and and you see the overwhelming support and people going, "This is the standards we need. We need people in the dressing room doing this. We're, we're soft." And yet, at the same time, when you hear a story of someone having a go at their teammates and screaming and trying to hold this club to a standard that we you know, like to think that we like to think we, we we are at or we aspire to be at. Then it's oh, they're all falling out. This person's falling out. This person doesn't respect this person. It's like this is what sportsmen do. This is what successful people do. You have to hold your teammates in your team to a, a standard that if when that slips, it's like if you hold if you hold yourself to this standard here, when you're performing at this standard. There has to be some punishment or some, you know, some upset or, or difficulty there because otherwise, if you if you if you want to be here, but when you're actually mediocre, you're all just fine with it. Then you're not holding yourself to that standard. Mm-hmm. The only way you hold yourself to a high standard is by being fucking furious when you're not at that standard. And I know United aren't ready to win the the, the league or anything like that, but if we want to push ourselves to be what Man United, what we like to think Man United are then we need players who get upset and who scream at each other when it's not where it's meant to be. Because otherwise, what is the, when you say you hold yourself to a standard, part of holding that is being furious when it, we're not at that level. So the fact that it's you know a bit of a bust-up in the dressing room has has come down to Fernandez has irreparably lost respect for Solskjaer. He doesn't believe he's the right man. He's got to go. It's him or Solskjaer, all that shit. You just think, it's one game. Like, I don't think he was thinking that last season when we won, what was it, 17 games in 21 matches under Solskjaer when Fernandez first came in. I just mm. think it's just been blown out of proportion yeah, again, which is what happens all the time. I, I'll keep it short because we've got to move on to Golden Boy nominations. But, like, I think a lot of people, like, the start of the season has been abysmal, considering 11 mm. goals in three games. Oli deservedly needs criticism for that. The players deservedly need criticism for that. But I think. A lot of it you have to t- put into context of having no preseason, having a dreadful transfer window, and I feel the negativity of that has seeped through to the team a bit. It has definitely gone to the fans, um, and it's definitely gone through to the team. And I think you hear people talking about tactics, this and oh, Ali's not doing this and that, and all these kind of things. But I remember between well, after we lost that back-to-back games against Liverpool and Burnley. Between then until the end of the season, arguably when all our players were absolutely rinsed, the 11-12 we kept using, I was excited to watch every game that we were involved in. Like, we, we lost two games in the Cups between that period of time. We've now lost four games since January, which is a lot of games. Like, you don't want to be losing. But, like, I just feel like people have got very short memories um, yeah. at the moment. Yeah, definitely. And like you said... In that period, we were the best team in the league. We, we got the most points in the league from the Burnley game to the end of the season. Um, and, you know, we've had four, was it four games a season, five games a season, three of which we've won. Um, we've Someone still said to shit. me yesterday, oh, you got top four because everyone else was shit. 
Do that had nothing to do with us not oh, losing a game between January and the end of the season. Yeah, that, that literally had like what? Yeah, like and because if United was shit, you would still get blamed for that, and yet you don't get any credit because everyone else is shit. You just think, what is the point? You can't win, can you? If you win games, it's because other people are shit. If you lose games, it's because you're shit. Piss off. Fergie only won twenty league titles, well thirteen league titles because everybody else is shit. Everyone else was shit. Everyone, no one else was as good as him. So, and that's his fault. <laughs> <laughs> right, Moving on to Bolton, boy. Talking about people that aren't as good as Mason Greenwood, there's an award um, for, for those that are trying to keep up with him. Um, and the nominees are out, the 20 nominees. Here are the, the players from the Premier League. Um, shall we break them? I, we'll do it after, but these are the nominees. So, okay. Premier League, Bukayo Saka, deserved? Uh, I would say so, I yeah. He's, assist-wise, he's been excellent, hasn't he? I'd take him at United. Callum mm-hmm. Hudson-Odoi? I don't see how that's happened, to be honest. Ferran Torres? Uh, I don't know enough about him. He, Based on his Valencia form. Did he play for Valencia? Villarreal? Uh, wherever they sat him from in Spain, yeah. I get confused between Ferran Torres and Pau Torres. Um, Phil Foden? Mason's yeah, mate. He's not had many minutes to be on that, is he? He's very highly rated, but he's not played much. Anyway. Mason Greenwood? <clears throat> yeah, of course. And Fabio Silva? He just uh, signed for Yeah, I don't know enough about him, obviously, again, highly rated, but I couldn't really comment on that. Hudson Adoy's a weird one. He's hardly played, and when he does, he don't he don't do a lot, does he? And they didn't win anything he, last season. He blagged his way to a very big contract at Chelsea, didn't he? Apparently, well, according to the press, which we've just been slagging off for the last thirty minutes, so who knows how much truth there yeah, is. But they it? gave him a big deal, like over hundred grand a week. The press reported it, yeah, but La Liga nominees are Ansu Fatty. Mm-hmm. Sergino Dest, Rodrigo, and Vinicius Junior. Bundesliga dominies are heavyweights. There's very few Big of them. Boys. Heavyweights: Alfonso Davis, yeah. Erling Haaland, and Jaden Sancho. That's probably Whoa. the three front runners there. Uh, yeah. Liga: Jonathan David, Mitchell Bakker, and Eduardo Camavinga. Huge shout there. Yeah. Serie A. Kulusevski of Juventus and Sandro Tonali. And from the rest of the world, Ryan Graven Birch of Ajax and Dominic Schipperschlei of Red Bull Salzburg. Yeah. Um, so those are the nominees. Some great players in there, in there, let's be honest. Um, and some players who, because of how good they are, like Sancho, you almost forget he's 20. Like, you think, how can he be up for Golden Boy? He's been world class for two years, but. That's just the standard that some of these players are Only at. Only Messi got more goals and assists than him last year. Does that yeah, put him exactly. in pole position, do you think? It's got to put him in pole position. We were talking a bit before the podcast about, I think Haaland would be another one, because for me, I, I, obviously assists are very hard to get. No one gets 30 assists a season and people do get 30 goals a season. But scoring a lot of goals as a young lad is a, is very impressive to me. I always think, because it's such a... It's one of those things where you're sort of, not a role model, but you, you have to be the focal point of a team to get that many goals that Haaland got you just think that's a lot of responsibility on, on a young kid's shoulders where you're we expect you to win games for us um, and I know Sancho got 20 goals as well so again he would be the front runner but for me Haaland uh, and Greenwood as well because he didn't get as many goals as Haaland but he's undoubtedly playing in a, in a tougher league for a team that scores less goals so yeah I think goal scorers always end up with a sort of an unfair advantage but I think some of that's deserved because scoring goals is how you win matches and when you rely on a kid to win your matches that's a lot of pressure, and if you can live up to it, then fair play. 
Mm. Last year's winner was Yao Felix. Um, Matis Delict won the one before that, Kylian Mbappe. United have had four winners play for them. Now, the awards have been going since 2003. That's your right. clue. Who are the four players that have represented Manchester United and won the Golden Boy? Wayne Rooney. Yep. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo? No. Um, who else could have won it? Marcus Rashford? <laughs> no. Martial? Yeah. He was the last one to win it in 2015. So you got to find two more. Um... I don't know. What's the what's the maximum age on it? Da, uh, David De Gea? No, you you've, you're all over the gaff here. Um, in 2008, <laughs> Anderson won it. Oh, of there. course. I remember that. I remember that. He just arrived. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Paul Pogba won it in 2013. He was playing for Juventus at that time, but he's yeah. won it. And yeah, Anthony Martial in 2015. Wayne Rooney in yeah. 2004. Fucking hell. Wayne Rooney really lived up to that, didn't he? Who do you think is going to win it? I would guess. I would guess Sancho will win it. I think that there's something. Haaland is one of those players, though, where he does seem to have a sort of an X factor to him, doesn't he? And I know he gets compared to Zlatan a lot, mostly because he's tall, strong, and Scandinavian. But he he does seem to have a sort of a, a swagger and a confidence and a an elusive sort of always oh, a bit special feeling to him. And I know Sancho has that as well, but. I wouldn't be surprised if the sort of the public opinion on Haaland maybe sways it his way. Haaland can be nominated next year. So I think Sancho wins it this year. Haaland potentially next year. Is yeah, possibly one way to go. Mason Greenwood, it's a shame he doesn't play for a a good Manchester United team. Yeah, or for Dortmund by the look of things. If he plays <laughs> yeah. for Dortmund, he'd have 30 goals last season, easy. He definitely would. Oh, easy, easy. easy. If he played in France. Yeah, imagine. Oh, imagine playing I'm, I'm would have to work at McDonald's if Mason Greenwood played in <laughs> France. He definitely would. Uh, yeah, but Mason, obviously, incredible season last season, 17 goals. For Also, let's not forget, he's 18 as well. He just turned 18 last season, halfway through the season. So, so he's got he's, two, three years to win it. Exactly. Whereas these lads are 20. I know it's not much different, but two, imagine Mason Greenwood's improvement in two years. Um, I think there's still plenty of time for him to win it for sure. Most deaf, most deaf. Um, next up for Manchester United, Joe, it's mm. Newcastle. What's your thoughts on this pay per view thing? What are we doing on Saturday for the watch along? Are we, we, um, we, we'll find a way to watch the game, is what we'll do, Adam. Um, are we going to pay, I don't know what, what, I don't know what for it? I don't know how we're going to do that. I don't know if you pay through it for the. So the pay-per-view, do you get it through Sky Go still or what? I'm not quite sure how no, that it's works. Like, it's like getting the boxing, but my, my question to you is, are we paying for it? <laughs> well, I mean, what can we say on here? I don't know what we can say. I, uh, what I will say is... That's your, any, that's your answer. What, what I will say is, any person that that deems it so unnecessary a fee to the point where they find a, a, an unofficial stream, I would, not, I would not bat an eyelid at that and I wouldn't think that was unfair or scamming the system or being dodgy or anything personally I think it's I think it's a, a real shit move by by Sky personally and the, and the clubs that, mm. that endorsed it mm. it's it a bit think? of a bad one isn't it yeah I, I I would be up for us not paying for it um, yeah I, I think I think it gets to a point where it's just like alright how much more money do you want out yeah. of us 
mean? 15 okay. quid. Like, I could understand if it was a fiver. Yeah. Fiver. Yeah. Not too and, bad. And the thing as well is, we know for a fact, and I said this before, but it started off, it was meant to be the three o'clock games where you can watch them for 15 quid. Well, we're playing eight o'clock. So what's yeah, that? Yeah, they moved the kick as well. Exactly. They've moved it because it's now being built around a televised schedule, which is exactly what we're going to see. We're going to. It was meant to be. Usually, the games at three o'clock kickoffs that weren't on telly were the, you know, least desirable matches because obviously Sky picked the biggest matches to watch because they know uh, to, to to view because they know that they'll get the biggest uh, figures. But whereas now, they're going to pick the biggest matches to be on this because they get fifteen quid a go on this. So don't be surprised to see. United every week or City or Liverpool or Chelsea or Tottenham being put on this 15 quid thing and they'll, and they'll put the, the lesser teams on their usual slots because it makes them more money. Anything that can be used to make more money will be done. It's not like, here's an option, by the way. Here's these games that are at three o'clock. We'll, we'll, you can watch them at three o'clock if you want because we're doing you a favour. It's going to cost you 15 quid because it costs a bit of money. It's not that. It's here's another way to make even more money. And it, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And the people that already is pay for it, guys... Is it any better that the money goes to the Premier League and not to the TV companies? Because as, as far as I'm aware... No, no because... They're, they're running costs out of it and then the money goes to the Premier League. For me, it's not. Because that money it goes to the Premier League one way or another anyway. The TV companies pay <laughs> the Premier League for the rights to, to, to watch the matches. So the Premier League then distributes that money down to the clubs anyway. Obviously, I'm, I'm sure they take... I don't know exactly how the finances work in terms of what they take out of that those deals. But those deals that you see, 1.5 billion, 2 billion, all that sort of stuff, that money goes to the, the, the football teams anyway. So they're just getting extra money now. It's not like they didn't... Or I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure some of it was changed with, with COVID and stuff, but it's just they just need more money all the time. And the fact that it's costing 15 quid to watch one match... Whereas usually, what is it, 20 quid? You get Sky Sports for the month on top of your usual subscription, 30 quid for the month. Mm. You might get to watch your team three times in that and 10 other matches. Whereas now it's 15 quid a week to watch your team. And they say it's 15 quid for the premium product. But if it was so premium, why didn't you pick it to be on TV in the first place? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's so premium. Here's the games that we didn't want to televise, but now we'll televise them for you. And you can pay 15 quid for them. And you can pay more than you ever did before. And you can pay more as well than it costs for some tickets in Premier League grounds. You know, kids' tickets or student tickets in some stadiums. I know 15 quid would be very cheap, but, like, you see that occasionally. You see, oh, this this game hasn't sold out, this ticket's on the door for a tenner, this sort of thing. And you're charging 15 quid to watch it in your own house. Well, it's half the price of an away ticket, isn't it? Because they've been capped at... 30 quid. 30, yeah, exactly. But even so, it's not half the product, is it? And you can't smell the onions. You can't... You don't get to meet your mates. You don't get to go for a beer. You can't because it's illegal. You can't have mates around at your house. You can't have it as some... Like with a boxing, it's once a month or once every six months is a big fight for, you know, usually British fights sell the most in Britain, I would assume. Or, or UFC, Conor McGregor or Anthony Joshua or Tyson Fury. It's, it's 30 quid, pay-per-view, twice a year, three times a year, get all your mates around to your house, have a proper event, you know, make some nachos, have loads of beers, all that sort of shit, stay up till four in the morning. Whereas this, no one's allowed to come around because there's COVID. It's 15 quid for an eight o'clock kickoff on a Saturday night. It's like there's no there's no social element to it. You're taking all that away. You don't get any of that day out, that excitement that you get when you go to the match, especially people who don't go to the game every week, where there's that sort of 
giddiness almost of this is a special event. There's no special event feeling to paying 15 quid to watch a football match in your own house. And to also, watch Maguire and Lindelof run into each yeah. other. <laughs> and also, it, people talk about, oh, well, you know, boxing's more than that, or this is pay-per-view, or that's pay-per-view. There's no precedent for this. This doesn't. This feels wrong because it's new and because it's more than we've ever had to pay for anything before. So you can what compare you it to whatever you want, but if you compare content. it to football, this is new and worse. Canadians pay for the zone. I think it's around twenty dollars a month, and they get Premier League, Serie A, everything, just everything, boxing, one, everything. So it's like it's like we're also punished for living in, like it's weird, but for living in the UK. Um, yeah, exactly. Like for yeah, it's a bit it's a bit of a mad one, but yeah. they've got us by the balls, I guess. Um, yeah, because also now that the the, the 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 prices have gone up of players based on the back of this TV revenue, you see Neymar go for two hundred million, you see Mbappe go for one hundred and fifty million, Pogba ninety million, Maguire eighty million. They're also on wages that reflect those transfer fees. So whereas you know fifteen years ago when or twenty years ago when Zidane went to Real Madrid, he, it was forty five million, which was an incredible fee at the time. He went on three hundred and fifty grand a week. He was on a wage that reflected what was a record fee at the time, which was much less than that. So now they need to keep this money coming in to pay players every week, to keep you know these transfer budgets going up. We can't go back now, but they've made it so that what happens is when they need to reflect the cost they are spending on players, they have to charge the consumer 15 fucking quid to watch a match at home. And it's only when this happens and it boils back down to the normal person do you realise how ridiculous things have got. Mm. It's mad. It's mad. Shit. Like, I feel like a big... Again, it'd be difficult because it make it difficult to get tickets and where do you... But some clubs, like for Manchester United, for example, mm. they could almost let fans free at the gate. Like, yeah. Like, the amount of money they make, they could almost do that. Obviously, they're not mm. going to. And it's understandable you're going to charge for a ticket. But, like, to some clubs, the gate receipts are so little mm. that... Obviously, lower down the pyramid, they re- they rely on those. But like some of these, they don't need that. They don't no. need that. Well, they say that, but what is it, five million quid a, a match day that United make, apparently? And you yeah, think, oh, three, what, three, 20, three, four mil. 20 games a season, that's, you know, 50, 60 million, which obviously is a percentage of their overall, you know, net income would only be maybe 10%. So, yeah, maybe maybe for the sake of... Imagine it was free entry at United. Obviously, you had to apply through a ballot. Well, you could have even half the price. Yeah. Yeah, it's 200 quid season tickets. 200 quid season tickets, 15 quid entry, five quid for kids. Imagine that. The the joy and the, and the, the, the amount of goodwill that they would get from doing something like that. And that way, you'd almost go... Well, the fact that we fucked up in the transfer market again, at least we're, we're you know we're letting this product be seen by as many people from different backgrounds. We're paying for what we see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's shit, but it's cheap. Whereas now it's shit and it's fucking fifty quid a ticket. Yeah. Anyway, I so the Newcastle it. match. <laughs> what are you thinking? Are you um, nervous? Away, obviously. I'm I'm nervous for the whole. I think this game. We could get we because Newcastle. Have, I know we haven't been great, but Newcastle haven't been great either. I know mm. the beat. I think they beat West Ham opening day, and then they got battered by Brighton at home. Like they've been up and down. Um, they had a yeah. good result against Spurs right, at Wembley. Sorry, at Spurs Stadium, but they're up and down. So I think we should be beating them, but I'm aware of what's on the horizon beyond that. 
Um, and a bad result against Newcastle. Oh, it's the it's going to be a long month. It's going to be. We, a do, long we already month. don't have much confidence, and if, and if it could be up know. there with the December under Van Aal if fixtures go a certain way. And that's those of you haven't seen it. It's literally like PSG, Chelsea, Arsenal, Everton, PSG, Leipzig, in it for for the next sort of four weeks, something like. Well, that. I got the fixtures on my phone, so here we go. Yeah, if you can get that Newcastle, off, but yeah. Man. Newcastle on the 17th, PSG on the 20th, 24th we have Chelsea, 28th we have Leipzig, 1st we have Arsenal, 4th yeah. we have Istanbul, 7th oh. we have Everton, Fuck. Um, 21st we have West Brom, bit of respite, <laughs> Istanbul, Southampton away, that's our up until the end of November. And then at the start of December, we have PSG at home. PSG at home in December, West Ham away, Leipzig away, City at home. <laughs> Fucking hell. And then into Christmas. And then into Christmas, lads. And then into Christmas, it's Sheffield United away, Leeds United at home, Everton away, Leicester away. Oh, it's going to be a fuck. I don't want to be over the top here, but of those 20 games you've listed, I could feasibly see us losing 18. <laughs> I think we'll be well, winning 18 as well. Yeah, me too. Me too. These kind of and runs, then, Ali kind of gets a little... Gets a little spring in his, in his cock. Yeah, we, we, we beat everyone. I don't know what it is about these. Yeah, And then we'll probably go lose to West Brom in the middle of it all. Well, the thing as well is, let's say, you know, like you said, you've listed about 15 games there. If, if you could say, we'll win eight, draw five, lose three, or whatever the numbers is there, draw eight, lose seven, uh, win eight, lose, uh, draw seven, lose three. <laughs> um, of those 15 matches, if you do it in the right way, where you lose to PSG, but you beat Leipzig, you draw to Leipzig away, but you beat uh, Istanbul, we can, we can have some bad results in that run and only drop sort of six or seven points in the league and still be second in that Champions League group. It's not about winning every game. It's about not losing the right games, if you know what I mean. So, if but if we lose to Leeds and West Brom and draw against PSG and and thing and, and lose to Chelsea, it could be disastrous. But you could have the same set of results, is what I'm saying, and it still we be could, quite good. We could draw, like if we draw against Newcastle. It's fine. Yeah. But if yeah, we exactly. beat Newcastle and draw against PSG, it's not as not far. bad. No, yeah. whereas yeah, drawing against Newcastle and beating PSG isn't is worse. I'd rather draw at PSG and beat Newcastle because you've got what was time it to make. Said? Never played for a draw unless it was away against PSG. Is that what you said? What I don't said? know. Yeah, it's, it's it. exactly. I think it, it's, it sounds like something you'd say, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Obviously, we're not going for a draw in any of those matches, but it, it'll be interesting to see how the results can sort of change what it feels like over those games even if even if you get a similar set of results we've got to lose the right ones and win the right ones obviously like losing to Leeds and losing to fucking Newcastle would be awful but it's possible it is possible it is possible for the Newcastle match I know we're doing a preview yeah we've got a preview coming out on Friday as well tomorrow but um, (laughs) for the Newcastle match I'm going to go it's going to be really tough because we're just not good enough to beat any team comfortably, but I think we'll win 2-1. I think we'll win. I think Danny van der Beek has to start. Yeah. Um, I think we should start Mata, Danny, Bruno, 
and Rashford and Greenwood Jesus. and everyone. And Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> I suspended Marshall. No defence. The defence hasn't been good enough, so you're none of your playing. We start from They're the like, midfield, we just have 10 here. Just pass it out from the back, innit? So you just play play your attackers in defence and Maguire yes. up front. Yeah, great idea. Um, have you got a Wally of the Week? We know who it is, but I'm not going to give it him because we're trying who? to be nice. <laughs> Steve, for not coming on the podcast. Next. Don't forget to at Mr. Stephen Allison at Stratford Paddock with what was it? What was it? Um, what was it? <laughs> like you're, you're a disgrace or something. I can't remember what it was. Hey. Oh, well, we said it at the start, so I don't remember. Yeah, we said it at the start. Go back and check. Um, but tweet him anyway, some abuse. Um, We're back in the studio tomorrow as well, for anyone who's wondering. We are coming off the back of uh, our isolation time, back in the studio tomorrow, so it's going to be good. I can't wait to be back. Okay. You know? I know. Saturday's too hot. Yeah, Saturday's really good. Uh, yeah, what of the week then? Go on. Do you want me to go first? What are you thinking? We know who it is, isn't it? I think. But we've been trying to be nice to him in this video. What, Maguire? Yeah, I've been laying into him for time. So, Gareth Southgate's Wally of the Week. There you go. That's yours. For picking Maguire. <laughs> picking him, for fuck's sake. I'm going to go with whoever it was who came out with that report that Bruno Fernandes has irreparably fallen out with Solskjaer and he thinks <gasps> he's a bag of shit and he'll never look at him again. Nope. Whoever spread that rumour. Oh, wait. wait, new Wally of the Week. Who? Oh. Um, Project Big Picture Bellends. Oh, very nice. Glazers and Henry. They are the ones in the week, aren't they? Like, I hate that Manchester United and Liverpool. Well, I don't care what happens to Liverpool's name, but whenever you see a headline, it's Manchester United and Liverpool take on the Premier League, but it's not actually that. It's these people that have taken control of these clubs. Yeah. And, like, obviously they represent us, but it just makes me feel a bit sick that these American businessmen, forget what nationality are, these... These guys are basically doing it for their own yeah. needs. And what they've done to no. United, which is pillage us and take all our money, they're trying to now do to the Premier League. It's no surprise, is it, that someone called Henry is trying to hoover up all the money in the Football League? <laughs> That's no surprise to me at all. And a Glazer's being a leech, it's no surprise. No, exactly. He's been doing it for 15 years. Mm-hmm. More if you ask the Tampa Bay fans. The bastards. But they got Tom Brady, though. I suppose that's all. Yeah, that, that's all that matters. A 43-year-old Tom Brady who's won six Super Bowls uh, with another team who was really good around him. Is that like bring? Oh. Do you reckon that they'd probably bring Ronaldo back and give him five hundred grand a week when he's thirty-nine, won't they? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Get Ronaldo after his contract at Juventus has finished up. He's retired from international football, and you get him in on a free signing on fee, thirty million. Yeah, agent fee, thirty million. <laughs> a million a week wages, but but we can't sign Sancho. No, too expensive. Oh, man. I'm so that. certain he was going to be playing for us. You know, I can't even believe it. I still haven't admitted it to myself because <laughs> uh, we haven't played since the window. I'm pretending he's injured. I'm still thinking, what if they just do something like maybe they said, <laughs> "Oh, guess what? I'm expecting him to just." Do you know, like Fergie used to sometimes say that someone was injured and then play him anyway. 
in the yeah. press conference. I'm expecting like, no, yeah, we couldn't get all of our targets. And then the next day, oh my God, that Sancho's music, WWE style, is on the lineup for Sky Sports. I was Sports, that deadline day. Okay, that's what I was hoping. But I'm still, I'm still hopeful. Just because the deadline's ended, doesn't mean the, the the deal can't still be done, or that it hasn't been done and hidden. Sancho will play against Newcastle. I'm telling you right now. Mm, that's what that surprise party was about. It was to celebrate his move. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, should be fun. Anyway, um, that's it for today. Mm-hmm. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to get your abuse into at Mr. Stephen Allison at Stretford Paddock on Twitter. Um, Say call him a letdown, sellout. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, good. The virus of Stretford corporate shill. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, just call him a Tory as well if you want. Um, just ask him where was he, and where was he when we needed you the most? because uh, yeah. he wasn't here. Anyway, uh, Joe, anything you want to say? No, just happy to be back on the watch along on Saturday for the Newcastle match. Back to sort of more regular programming on the channel. Back in the studio, uh, back with a bang. Back with a bang. Back with a bang. We'll be back. See you later. Sports Social Podcast Network.